Welcome to the RMM TV podcast. I'm Rennie McLean. We speak and we teach on the supernatural, how you, as an ordinary person, can do extraordinary things. Hi, I'm Dr. Marina McLean. The supernatural is meant to be lived naturally, and we do that through the teachings and instructions that you find right here on the RMM TV podcast. So, sign up today on the RMM TV podcast. I want to welcome you tonight to our Infinity Center. There's a special anointing, a special sense of presence, power, and purpose. As we are in the spirit of Passover, I'm going to continue a revelation that the Lord has dropped in my heart for you. This is a powerful teaching or revelation that you will not forget as long as you live. I'm speaking to you on Passover prophecy momentum. Say it after me. Passover prophecy momentum. I want you to listen to this. I'm not necessarily speaking to you um, a sermon a prepared script, nothing, not there's anything wrong with it, but I'm ministering to you from thus saith the Lord. The Lord dropped these things into my spirit to share with you. So you're going to have to be in the spirit to follow me. It's not going to be hard, but you cannot, but you must listen to every word that comes out of my mouth because it is line upon line from the spirit of God. I want you to listen to this right now. Prophecy speaks to destiny. Prophecy and destiny are one. The word destiny means a predetermined course of events. Now that simply implies that there are no accidences, there are no coincidences, everything is unfolding as God intended for it to unfold. So hear it again, prophecy speaks to destiny, prophecy and destiny are one. You say why are they both one? Because they both require time to build momentum for manifestation. I'm going to say it to you again. They both require time to build momentum for manifestation. In fact, the greater the momentum, the greater the manifestation is going to be. Remember now, things don't just happen. There's a momentum to whatever has happened or is happening in your life now. There's a momentum behind it. 
Listen to this right now. Keep that now in your spirit, man, please. Go with me to, to Joel chapter 2. And we're going to read verse 23 and 25 from the King James Version of the Bible. And it reads like this. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain, I want you to mark it, the former rain moderately. And he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. Now, prophetically speaking, both of those rains represent two different time frames. They represent two different feasts. So even though in the chronological order of time, we would say that this is not the time of Joah's prophecy, it very much is. You say, why? Because it's the crossing over into the reins because of the purposes of God. The nearer, listen to me good, the nearer we come to the coming of Christ, these feast times are going to overlap in that there are some things God is going to do ahead of time and there are some things God is going to do way ahead. Some, some things God's going to do in that set time. The set time never changes. But then there's going to be some things that God's going to do simply before. And I'll tell you why. Because there's enough momentum behind it for it to manifest. Keep these words in your mind now. So this is very important for you to understand where we are heading. Because these two reigns speak to two separate feasts. Keep that in your mind. Okay, then here what he goes on to say now. So when these two rains collide and they come together, he then says, and I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, the canker worm, and the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, and my great army, which I sent among you. Now go with me quickly, please, to Haggai chapter 2. And you're going to see why we get to, why we're reading Haggai. And you're going to see how Haggai and Joel, they come together particularly in this moment in time. Haggai 2, verse 6 to 9, it says, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations and the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house, saith the Lord of hosts, the silver, oh my goodness, I got to read it again. This is powerful. 
Now he would in fact, let me read to you again. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with glory, said the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. And I want you to notice now. And he then says, the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. Because the latter has a greater momentum than the former. Keep that in your mind. Didn't Jesus say, I've served the best to last? Because the last is always greater. And he then says, and in this place, I will give peace. And that word peace, as you know, is shalom, but it's the place of security. Seth, the Lord of hosts. Now listen to this, please, because this is profound. If you notice... Joel and Haggai both speak about the former and the latter. None are the same. But here, Joel begins to speak about the two reigns becoming one. Then when you look in Haggai, Haggai speaks of the latter, and he emphasizes that the greatness of God is in the latter. The former was where everything began at. You and I are part of the latter, not the former. Now, listen to me good, and let us go deep in your spirit, man. The former Passover was what the children of Israel was delivered. That was when the wealth was transferred. Hear it again. Hear the words I'm using. That was the former Passover. But now we're in the time of what I call the latter Passover. Now, why is the latter Passover going to be greater than the former? Well, listen to this. First of all, there's more wealth on the earth now than there was during the time of the Exodus. You're talking a progression of wealth. There are things on the earth that man is finding every day. There is a wealth explosion that lets us know that this latter Passover that God has in these years are greater than what we've seen before. Now, keep this in your mind, please. I'm going to say it to you again because it's important. Hear this terminology again. Prophecy speaks to destiny. Prophecy and destiny are one because they both require time to build momentum for manifestation. So you could arguably say right now, but in the mind of God, wealth has been built in this global momentum in the purpose of God now because of what he's going to release to the body of Christ on the earth in this now.
Listen to this. In Passover, the first Passover that we know of, listen to this. God delivered a people. Write it down in your spirit, man. Let it go in your spirit, man. God delivered a people, not a tribe. And then formed a nation. Now, you heard me say in the Passover 23, you heard me allude to it, that the difference between Israel and the church is that we function as a body. And as a body, we're divided by denominations. And it's very interesting how denominations have different beliefs. Sometimes contrary, hear this, to the word of God. But God delivered not a tribe. He delivered a people and made them a nation. We as the church have to be delivered from denominationalism. For us to come into the reality that we are one people that God has made a nation out of, the flow of kingdom wealth is in reserve. It can't flow till this order comes to the church. Hear it again. God delivered Israel as a people, not a tribe. In church language, not a denomination. It's not dependent on if you're Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Word of Faith, Anglican. All these things are our division. See, when the children of Israel left Egypt, guess what? They all left. When the wealth was transferred, they all received. It was not one group. Everybody got it at the same time. Hear it again. God delivered a people not a tribe, and then he formed a nation. Now, let that go deep in your spirit, man. The end time pattern of time in judgment is Passover. None of the other feasts have a judgment attached to it. There is none. Pentecost was the birth of the church. It was not a time of judgment. Passover is the only feast where we see plagues, where we see unusual manifestations of God's judgment, speaking against an economy that was built on slaves. God brought it down by the show of his hand. So keep that in your mind now. So then we understand then that to the Egyptian, those plagues brought chaos. We are in the end time where what are we seeing break out? We're seeing chaos. There was no chaos at Pentecost. 
You're going to hear this again. You're going to just go deep in your spirit, man. All the chaos that you can imagine, all the plagues that you and I read, all the shifts and changes, they're all related to a Passover time frame. Passover is a time of finality. It's a time of shifts. It's a time of judgment. It's a time of recompense. It's a time of deliverance. Our Passover is still in motion. You say, why? Because there's a momentum. We are going to come into blessings that we didn't think we would see. You, you know when the Bible says, now unto him that's able to do exceedingly, God is going to do something for the church that is exceeding. He's going to do something that is beyond. He's going to do something that's far above. Hear it again. I'm going to say it to you again. Passover is a time of finality, shifts, judgments, recompense, and deliverance. Now, take a pause right there in the spirit and listen to this good right now. Let me explain what I mean by finality, because this to me is profound. Even though the children of Israel was complaining when they were en route to the promise, but I want you to listen to something. They never, ever went back to Egypt. That's, a, that's something in the spirit, the spirit just, the Lord just dropped in my spirit, man. There's going to be things that we will never be able to go back to. You say, why? Because they will no longer exist. Your enemies, the resistances, the entrapments to foreign systems, you're going to find out that they're not going to be there. You say, why? Because during Passover, God demolishes the obstacles that withstood his people. We are going forward no matter what it looks like. We will never, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prophesy from this pulpit right now. I prophesy over your life. You will never again go back to Egypt. I prophesy right now. You will never go back to Pharaoh. I prophesy right now. You will never have an Egyptian whip put on you again. I prophesy again to you. You will never be worn out. Passover is a time where your pharaohs are broken. That's why we're seeing economy shifts. A man is having to rearrange things because it's bigger than what he can control. At Passover, God judges, even as I speak right now, it is happening all around you. God judges economical systems. The end time Passover, which you and I are a part of, is going to be greater than the first because it's in the scripture. The former will be greater, sorry, the latter 
will be greater than the former. Say it with me. The for, the for more Breakthrough Encounters, visit us on rmm.live.